3: Winner,
1: winner, down! Yeah. This
0: is Straight Outta Vegas.
1: Straight Outta Vegas! With
0: the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. Pay that man his money. You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Live from the Vegas Strip, the pregame show America has always wanted. With R.J. Bell out, here's Bernie Fratto.
4: You heard the man. I'm Bernie Frada. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. So visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. It's officially week one college football. It's here. And as it pertains to all things football between now and February 2nd, 2020, you better fasten your seatbelt, put your trade tables forward, your seat backs upright. It's time for takeoff, and you're all coming along for the ride. This is the weekend edition of Straight Out of Vegas. As you know, Straight Out of Vegas airs Monday through Friday right here on Fox Sports Radio, iHeart Radio, Sirius XM Channel 83, from three to four p.m. Pacific, six to seven Eastern, with R.J. Bell, Steve Fesick, Brad Powers, and Jonas Knox. And regardless of the season, know this: as R.J. Bell says, we promise. To deliver the Vegas truth to you every Saturday night. This is Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. Without further ado, we've got a special guest tonight. I want to welcome in a gentleman. He is the director of trading for Caesars Entertainment. You've probably heard him a lot on the radio already. Say hello to Jeff Davis. Jeff, thanks for joining us tonight.
3: Bernie, glad to have me on.
4: All right, buddy. So obviously the Caesars brand, it's been an iconic brand forever. But I understand that you're spreading your wings across the country with new properties as a result of legalized gambling. Bring the folks up to date.
3: Sure will. Uh, Went live in Council Bluffs, Iowa uh, last week, uh, about an hour outside of Lincoln, about two minutes outside of Omaha. Business has been good. Uh, We open tomorrow at Indiana Grand, which is about now uh, half an hour outside of Indianapolis, about an hour and a half from Cincinnati. We open Wednesday at Horseshoe Hammond, which is, I don't know, half an hour from Chicago. And then September, I believe, 19th, we open at Hoosier Park, uh, also in Indiana.
4: So what popped into my mind is just outside Omaha, and there's a little football team in Omaha. They were laying 36 today. I don't think they covered the number, but as a result of your books being in those areas now, what kind of action are you seeing on Nebraska in the future's?
3: Nebraska futures is just nuts and it's nuts in Vegas. A lot of places open. Adrian Martinez, such a short number, took money. Nebraska opened, I believe, I want to say 60, 70 to one. They have such a soft schedule, likely favorite coming out of the other side of the big 10. Didn't really look all that impressive today. Uh, we've taken so much money uh, down to 25 to one everywhere, but, Given we're new in the market in that general area, we didn't want to seem like, you know, we were kind of offering a too short a price on Nebraska compared to some of the custom uh, the other competitors. Uh, so we were de- we're dealing fifty to one on Nebraska uh, to win the national championship <laughs> there, and you know that we've been open for a week week and a half, and we're already you know well into the five figures in liability in Nebraska uh, or Iowa, well- I should say.
4: Question for you. I, you know, even though it was South Alabama, it seemed like minus 36 was a big overlay. What side did the action come in on, on, on that today?
3: You know, it was all Nebraska money. That game opened at uh, 32.5, 33, and it just slowly drifted up and it drifted up. Uh, got all the way to 36.5 before there was some buy on South Alabama. Uh, House was rooting for South Alabama, and frankly, uh, not much of a sweat at all in that one.
4: Right, right. So, uh, and we're talking with Jeff Davis, the director of trading here in Las Vegas for Caesars Entertainment. And folks, if you're listening across the country, there are Caesars properties popping up near you. By the way, uh, Jeff, we've got obviously the first week in the books. Almost, there's one game tomorrow: Oklahoma, Houston, and then Notre Dame, Indiana. Excuse me, Notre Dame, uh, Louisville, Monday. Uh, what did you see today? How'd the books do? Where was your liability? Uh, let, by the way, let me start with the Auburn-Oregon game. Obviously a big flip at the end there. How did you fare as a result of that?
3: As the spread goes, wasn't too much of a difference. Incredibly 50-50 action on that one all week, all day. But we did take a lot of public Oregon Moneyline money line uh, money, as high as plus $1. seventy, down to about $1.55, $1.50. Uh, the late touchdown there, uh, swung it for the house a little bit, uh, not an enormous amount. Uh, same with the, uh, crazy defensive touchdown by, uh, Stanford today. Yes. A lot of public money on Northwestern. Uh, that one swung for the house as well. And we had a few big games and they all seemed to fall our way except for Georgia. If Vandy scored late to get the money, uh, this may have been the single best college football Saturday in my two years at Caesars Entertainment. Uh, Georgia ended up getting there. Uh, Texas got there. So, it, it, great day for the house, but it, it could have been, you, you know, out of this world.
4: Yeah, that uh, was crazy uh, on the Northwestern game. They were catching six, and it was 10 7 with 20 seconds to go. They're on their own 23. I know this because I'm one of the people that grabbed the six, but, um, the, you know, these things happen. Louisiana Tech, I know that was a – I think that was a big play among the Sharps, and Texas just rolled them. I got to imagine you did well in that game as well.
3: As far as straight bets we did, that game opened 21, 21 and a half. got bet all the way down to eighteen and a half, nineteen. 19 uh, But, you know, the public kind of took a beating throughout the morning and the afternoon – and Texas was a popular parlay square uh, in a get-out situation uh, as well as Georgia. So, you know, outside of Michigan, the late parlays were pretty good for the public. Uh, we're sweating out this late USC game here, uh, public played the 14. So, you know, we're kind of on the fence. But, you know, all in all, it was a pretty good day for the house.
4: Talking to Jeff Davis, director of trading Caesars Entertainment. One of the other games, Jeff that was part of a larger conversation this week was Boise State, Florida State, because the game was going to be played in Jacksonville, Florida State, lane six and a half. The game's moved to Tallahassee. Now it's a home game. I understand that the tickets were avoided, and then it came back on the board, but I got to believe you did well in that game as well. Willie Taggart proving he just can't win.
3: You know, actually, at the Caesars properties, all the bets uh, remained action. Uh, we oh, okay. have a house rule. We have a House rule that states that uh, properties are not responsible for for location changes. So uh, all of the people who were, you know, theoretically sharp enough to lay three and a half and four early uh, kept their bets. This game closed six and a half. Uh, Steady stream of Florida State money once the game switched to Tallahassee. And man, was this a tale of two halves. Boise had no chance to stop Florida State in the first half whatsoever. And when they went to the locker room, uh, Harson beat Taggart by, you know, leaps and bounds. They came out of the locker room, up and down the field, and Florida State couldn't get out of their own way. Uh, You you know, Willie Taggart not really making a good showing of himself so far at Florida State.
4: No one will ever convince me that coaching doesn't matter. Uh, I don't know if you saw the game, Jeff. I know you're extremely busy on game days. But toward the end of the first half, or maybe it was the start of the second half, Boise fumbled on the two when they were going in. and Instead of falling on the ball, a Florida State defender tried to pick it up and be a hero. Boise got it back and punched it in. They never looked back because I think they trailed at one point, like 31-16 in that game. Florida State never scored again, and Boise rolled them. Here's why I also say, Jeff, that coaching matters. Mack Brown takes over at North Carolina. I believe they were an eleven and a half point dog at home against South Carolina. Get the win out right. How'd the books fare on that one?
3: That was a great one for the house. That game opened seven and a half back in June. Uh, got all the way up to twelve and a half. Drifted back down to twelve at kickoff. Uh, a lot of South Carolina money line parlays. Uh, that one was great for the house. Uh, North Carolina was, you know, bad at best last year. Mac Brown comes in and makes an instant. Uh, change the program. Uh, excellent win for North Carolina. It's good to see them get back uh, get back on the right side of things.
4: Let me tell you what caught my eye this weekend. The Mountain West currently—I don't know what's going to happen where the Fresno State USC game is going to end up. But the Mountain West grabbed four Power Five conference victories. Nevada beat Purdue, Hawaii beat Arizona, Wyoming beat Missouri, and Boise State beat Florida State. That we just talked about any of those games Uh, it sounds like smiles all around at the books how do uh, you guys fare in those games
3: you know the most interesting one was the wyoming missouri game because we had one sharp group playing 16 and a half and another sharp group taking 17 and it seemed like it was just bouncing back and forth you know for two days and and you watch that game and you watch the first quarter and you thought oh boy it's 52 to 10 written all over this one and you know, Wyoming got a break, they got a defensive touchdown, and then they busted a run, and Missouri turned the ball over a couple of times, and it's crazy what can happen in a game when, you know, if you look at the stat sheet, Missouri was far and away the right side in the first half, but, you know, they're down 10 at halftime, and, you know, Wyoming played intelligent football in the second half and and came away with a victory, so... You know, sometimes it's not necessarily just what you see see on the stat sheet, and all all credit due to the Mountain West for a great weekend.
4: Absolutely. Real quickly, Jeff, uh, let's look ahead tomorrow, the one game on the board, I believe Oklahoma's minus 23 and 80, a lot of money coming in on the over, seems like a lot of points for a week one game.
3: You know, I was having a talk with my buddy a couple of weeks ago about this total, and you know, Houston was the number one tempo team in the first, say, six or seven weeks last year. Uh, Kendall Bryles has moved on to Florida State. Um, you know, they get Dana Holgerson, who had a lot of stars on offense in West Virginia last year, but really ran a slow tempo. And now, you know, Kyler Murray's gone. Jalen Hurts, who I'm not really buying into, is now the quarterback of Oklahoma, Neither of these two defenses can possibly be as bad as they were last year. I look at this total, and it seems awful high. Uh, I grabbed 82.5 earlier this week, and a few other people that, you know, seem to win also on the under this week. I would expect, you know, this game to be played in the high 20s or low 30s. Uh, We're looking at under here is uh, probably the right
4: side. And then the last game I want to talk about, of course, Monday, Louisville, Notre Dame. I believe Louisville's catching 18, the significant thing there. You guys open up tomorrow at Indiana Grand so folks can get just in time to get down on on Notre Dame and, and even uh, the Bears uh, Thursday. Uh, have you seen much action on that game?
3: We took some sharp uh, Louisville plus 20, you know, a few days ago. Again, that game's on Monday. The handle is lower than some of the games today, but it'll pick up through tomorrow and Monday. And it's, you know, we generally, the House wants games where the number's in the single digits because once you get up into the three-touchdown range, especially when it's a road favorite, you know, the public doesn't really want to lay three touchdowns on the road with Notre Dame, but they don't really want to bet Louisville either. So, again, you know, it's a bit disappointing that this is the Monday game versus maybe some of the other games that could have been played, but we're going to show up on Monday. It's going to be the only football game and it's going to do a ton of action. So, you know, again, looking forward to a Monday college football game and, you know, otherwise nothing else of relevance on the board.
4: We're wrapping it up with Jeff Davis, director of trading here at Caesars entertainment in Las Vegas. Now Jeff, the Georgia state Panthers were catching 24 today. I understand the money line was plus fourteen fifty, the biggest upset in the SEC quite a while because since two thousand four teams land twenty four one twenty nine and four straight up. Did you guys hang a number on that, or did, when it get? I think some shops when a line is above twenty, there's no money line. How does it work at Caesars?
3: Uh, we actually have decided to hang up to our stopping price is minus twenty thousand on the favorite, which is around thirty seven thirty eight. So yeah, okay. we were hanging. I believe minus forty dollars on Tennessee today, and we actually uh, it was a, a parlay breaker. We had a bunch of you know six and eighteen chalk money line parlays uh, that went down with that one. And it, you know Tennessee's been a program where long storied history that's gone sour in the last handful of years and they're kind of becoming an afterthought in the SEC. They're so far behind all of their competition and <laughs> frankly losing at home to Georgia State, uh can't make the fan base all that, all that happy.
4: <laughs> Can you imagine? Probably want to bring back Phil fulmer Jeff, <laughs> I want to thank you for coming on. I know how hard you guys work. I live here. I know what a long day these are. You know, these days are for you especially as football rolls out, and best to you uh, and uh, the folks at Caesars Entertainment. appreciate you coming on tonight.
3: All right, Burn. Thanks for having me. All
4: right. That's Jeff Davis, the director of trading here at Caesars Entertainment in Las Vegas. You know, the most talked about division in the NFL, from top to bottom, I'm told, is the most wide open. I don't think so. By process of elimination, I'll tell you who I think is going to win said division. I'll explain. I'm Bernie Frater, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. This is the pregame show you always wanted, so don't go away. You're listening to Straight Out of Vegas. Straight
1: Out of Vegas! Vegas!
4: We are back on straight out of Vegas. That's for you, Philadelphia. We're the pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Boy, Sleepy and I just had a great conversation off air. Sometimes you have great conversation off air and wish they were on the air. The division I was alluding to was the NFC North, and I'm going to start with America's team, tongue-in-cheek. The Chicago Bears, and by the way, Mad respect for Matt Nagy and what they did last year. But uh, I do not believe the Bears are going to win the NFC North. As a matter of fact, I think they're going to regress, and I'm going to tell you why. Novik Fangio, what did he do? Took the team from minus 20 in turnovers to 2017. In 2017, to plus 12 last season. That masked a very inconsistent offense. And last season, that defense ranked number one. They were num- number one in points per game allowed. They were number one in rush yards per game allowed. They were number one in yards per play allowed and obviously first in turnovers. Nothing against Chuck Pagano. I think his defenses aren't as quick to the ball as Vic Fangio, but here's the issue. I think a target is on the back of Mitch Trubisky, and I do think he's going to regress. Who's his big weapon? Allen Robinson, that's his number one receiver. Look, the Bears, there's there's a target on the whole team. They've got five primetime games this year. they got to play on Thanksgiving. they got to travel to London. Second toughest strength of schedule in the league, the cumulative winning percentage of the teams they play is 520. Here's why that's important. Last year, Mitch Trubisky, let's look at the dichotomy between when he faced teams under 500 or over 500. Under 500, his completion percentage was 70%. Under 500, over 500, 61%. Teams under 500 threw for 250 yards a game. Over 500, 194 yards a game. Teams under 500, 18 touchdowns, three interceptions, and a QB rating of 114. Teams over 500, six TDs, nine interceptions, a QB rating. Of 66. Do I think they're going over the win total an hour and a half? No, I don't. And what's up with this kicking stuff, man? They have carried that too far. Now I'm gonna do the Vikings quick because I'm not sold on the Vikings. I've been told by insider look, Sleepy pointed out aptly. They got a lot of weapons, they're dangerous, got a great coach. They've been close. Kirk Cousins, sorry, when the heat gets hot and it's hard to breathe and the lights are bright. Cousins is not going to win you a game when it matters. You'll see. Which leads me to the Detroit Lions. Six and fifty-four career Matt Stafford record when he faces teams above five hundred. I was just in Detroit in July, had my credential to the Tigers Phillies, talked to some insiders there. They now sort of characterize Stafford as a guy you can win with, but not because of. And here's why I brought up that record, because look at the Lions first six games. Now they open up at Arizona, and that's not a gimme. We're laying two and a half on the road, yes. They won their 17-3 last year. That doesn't mean they'll do it this year. If I have time at the end of the uh, show, I want to tell a story about the Lions' woes when they faced rookie quarterbacks. Then they play the Chargers at Philadelphia, Kansas City, Green Bay, and Minnesota. If you think those teams are going over five hundred, then that 6-54 record Stafford owns matters. And by the way, any way I slice it, the best start i see the lions can have is two and three and the nfl tells us that if you start two and three you've got a 15 percent chance of making the playoffs which leads me to the packers yes i believe the packers are going to win the division i think they'll be 11 and 5 look last year remember rogers suffered that knee injury in the first half of the packers week one game against the bears in 2018 then he returned in the second half rallies green bay from a 20 point deficit and they beat the Bears 24-23, and it was a thrilling win. But in that game, Rodgers played the entire game with a tibial plateau fracture and an MCL sprain, and he played the rest of the year on one leg. That's a fact. 2017, remember Rodgers broke his collarbone. He only played seven games. The Packers aren't going to miss the playoffs three years in a row I think he'll coexist with Matt LaFleur. They'll run a much better offense, a much more modern offense. And oh, by the way, their defense will be more athletic. They've drafted well. I'm not going to name names and go through the whole litany. I believe the Green Bay Packers will win the NFC North.
6: Well, Bernie, I disagree. I'm a diehard Packer fan. I have been since the days of Don Mikowski. And I could tell you this much that Green Bay just doesn't have a number two or number three wide receiver right now. Yes, they have Devontae Adams. Very good. Aaron Rodgers. Very good. Aaron Jones in the backfield. Very good. But besides that, Bernie, I really don't like the offensive roster for the Packers. I mean, you're relying on guys like Equinamia St. Brown, Valdez Scantling. Uh, you're, you're looking at Jimmy Graham, Mercedes Lewis, very old tight ends. I can only see, you know, one guy at the wide receiver running back position, making any moves here. Uh, as far as the defense, you you said it, you know, it should be an okay, uh, the way I, they'll be improved, Bernie, but it it's going to take an entire year before Green, because they've drafted very well. And I think it's going to be a year before that defense steps up and the offense can pick up another couple playmakers, at least in the wide receiver tight end. Then Green Bay will be okay. But, Bernie, look at their schedule. It's brutal. They have to play 10 teams that potentially could make the playoffs. I just – I know the Packers. I I said they wouldn't make the playoffs last year. I'm going against you here. Packers, no playoffs. They are not winning. No playoffs. Erroneous, my good man. Mm -mm. And that's my team.
4: Well, look. Rodgers is expected to be fully healthy this year. And the last time he played a full season without ailments was 2016. All he did that year was throw for 4,500 yards, 40 touchdowns, and only seven interceptions. Mike McCarthy and his horse and buggy outdated offense are are gone. He's been replaced by Matt LaFleur, who previously worked under offensive innovator Sean McVay. I think they'll coexist. Green Bay, Sleepy, I think they'll use a lot more play-action passes this season. And if you've paid attention, which I know you do, Lafleur's offense is ranked 5th and 3rd in play-action rate over the past two seasons. And Rodgers hasn't ranked inside of the top 30 quarterbacks in percentage of play-action passes in the last six years. Green Bay will be very prolific offensively, and play-action should open up the field, make life a lot easier for Aaron Rodgers. And again, when you look at the rest of the division, this is a league where quarterback we're going to talk about Andrew Luck, the final analysis mm-hmm. in at the end of the show. You know how important that position is and you know how thin that position is. If a quarter if a guy like Brady goes down, he's worth 8 points to the line. It's all predicated on your backup. Green Bay didn't have a backup. Right. That's been proven the last two years so without belaboring this i'll tell you what we're going to get to talk about this next week green bay opens up thursday night uh at chicago catching three and a half that might be one of my best bets i'll give you a little tease here <laughs> divisional dog sleepy 17 and 4 in the last five years in week one lots of doings in vegas this week we're going to bring you up to date on because if you don't live here you can't possibly know some of the things that that take place that's why you've got us but first let's go to the man who once punk Ruben stuttered in a karaoke contest that would be Brian Finley with the latest
5: I love it. I love it, Bernie. Thank you so much. Clay Helton's job is safe for now. USC crawling by Fresno State 31-23. The Bulldogs' potential game-tying drive stalled when Jorge Rania getting picked off in the end zone late in the fourth. Trojan starting quarterback JT Daniels came out of the game in the second quarter with an apparent knee injury. He's been walking the sidelines in crutches. 23rd-ranked Washington State emasculates New Mexico State 58-7. Cooks quarterback Anthony Gordon mesmerized with 420 yards passing and five touchdowns. But the Pac-12 did not have it as easy against Bo Nix and that 16th-ranked Auburn Tigers squad. Nix steps up, he throws to
4: Williams. He's got it! Touchdown, Auburn! Touchdown, Auburn!
1: to Seth
5: Williams. Auburn Radio Network, Bo Nix, putting the Tigers up for good with nine seconds left as 16th-ranked Auburn Ramrods, the 11th-ranked Ducks, 27-21. Tigers running back Jatarvis Whitlow after the game said nobody wanted to lose to Oregon. What are they, ACC, Pac-12? I don't even know what they are. A Pac-12 team coming in and beating an SEC team? We can't take that. The family of New Mexico football coach Bob Davey says he's doing well and recovering after he was rushed to the hospital with a health emergency following the Lobos game. A couple more scores for a number 7 Michigan Muddles, Michigan State, or excuse me, Michigan State, Middle Tennessee State, 40-21. 6th ring LSU, Body Bags, Georgia Southern, 55-3. Tigers quarterback Joe Burrow, five touchdowns. Hey, online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car, so visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. And one final score for you, Tennessee pukes against Georgia State. State winning at 38-30. The Vols favorited by 25 points, but three turnovers. And they were held, Bernie, to 93 rushing, 93 rushing yards. Just an embarrassment for them. Back to Bernie Fratto in the Geico Fox Sports Studios.
4: A lot of projectile references, Brian. I hope folks are finishing up their lunch. <laughs> yes. By the way, by the way, Brian, for let you run, mm-hmm. and as Kevin Figures would say, uh, both Clemson and Alabama mollywopped their yes. opponents. Uh, is it going to be Clemson and Alabama again, or can someone crash the party?
5: You know, guys, what about UCF? They are already self-proclaimed <laughs> national champions, so yeah. that actually is a thing. And I think we should consider that as a real NCAA championship. The way they played in Week 1 suggests that they're going to be right there. So I'm giving the title already to UCF.
4: Wow. To say that would be bold would be an understatement. But, Brian, that's why we love you. (laughs) Brian Bershinger usually very level-headed in these types of questions who can crash the party if anybody
6: thank you yeah I'm not quite nearly as confident as Brian would be uh I'm just yeah no I I think I, I don't think anybody's crashing the party I think it's Bama Clemson all over again uh, and I think Clemson does it again I don't think they're ever going to lose for as long as Trevor Lawrence is their quarterback
4: and that you know you may well be right those are two bold statements and you never know uh, now UCF is that University of Central Fullerton?
5: Yeah, c- Central Florida.
4: Yeah, I'm, I was kidding. Okay. <laughs> I'm opening up for Shecky Green and the Catskills next week. I need to work on my timing. I'll tell you guys who can uh, crash the party Georgia. Don't write them off. Obviously, the last two times they played Alabama, if it had been a three quarter game, Georgia would have crashed the party. But if Fifths and Butts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. Georgia, the most money wager to win the national championship here in las vegas is on georgia second believe it or not is oklahoma now oklahoma's got a kid jalen hurts he completed 65 percent of his passes at oklahoma at at, uh, alabama when he was there 26 and 2 as a starter came a whisker from winning two national championships and now he's under the tutelage of lincoln riley you'll get to see him play tomorrow they're a 23 point favorite against houston And what does Lincoln Riley do with quarterbacks? We'll just ask Baker Mayfield and and Kyler Murray. Alabama, the third most money has come in on Alabama. Ohio State just behind them, then Clemson. By the way, the books are a little nervous. If someone like an LSU could sneak in, you never know. They're loaded, they're athletic, and I love Ed Orgeron. I loved him in Waterboy. Was he in Waterboy? No, that was Bobby Boucher. Never mind, but they talk the same. Notre Dame is on the short list of teams that the books are worried about, and so is Utah. No, notice I didn't mention Michigan. Mm-hmm. They're nowhere. They didn't look real good tonight. Tonight, did they sleepy against Middle Tennessee State?
6: Uh, they started out a little slow, but they finally got the job done. But they didn't get the cover, so
4: I mean, they get, the, then it doesn't matter, right? What the hell good are they? Mm-hmm. Well, they get Army next week. I think they're laying seventeen against Army next week, uh, and then they've got Wisconsin. Michigan does. Mm. And uh, I thought Wisconsin looked pretty good. They
6: looked really good.
4: The new court, well, Jack Cohen, their new quarter, but they ran the ball. Jonathan Taylor, best running back uh, in the country. By the way, some other doings. Uh, I want to talk about the uh, Superbook contest. Uh, the folks at the Westgate. Uh, this is this contest is going to come a long way. Our good man Steve Fezzi, you can hear him on the daily uh, edition of Straight Out of Vegas. Steve won it back to back in two thousand eight, two thousand nine. And it's an incredible accomplishment, even though there were two to 300 people in the contest then. Still an incredible accomplishment to only do it once, uh, much less back-to-back, astronomical. You can hear Steve here daily from 3 to 4 Pacific with the guys. The Superbook, by the way, contest, is really going bananas. Last year, they had 3,123 entries, and the winner collected 1.4 million. They just crossed the 2,500... Uh, entry mark just two days ago they're projecting probably upwards of 3,500 entries tough to predict you don't know but there's always a flurry at the end and signups will run through next Saturday September 7th and if they get to that number th- you know 3,500 entries that would give the winner more than a million and a half but also there are other ways to cash and I believe they're paying down about a hundred slots. But there's bonuses along the way. The leader after four weeks will get a $15,000 bonus. So if you're leading after four weeks, but you fade, still a hell of a nice payday. The entry fee is 1500 The same for the leader at the halfway point gets another $15,000. let us say you just have bad luck. Let's say you were on Northwestern. Well, it's, it, you can't, it's not a college contest. It's NFL. You bet five teams against the spread. But let's say what happens to you happened to me today when I had Northwestern plus six, and I lose the cover with about 20 seconds to go. Then to top it off, I have Oregon plus three and a half, and I lose that cover with about nine seconds to go. whoopty damn do Too bad for me. Uh, but let's say those kind of bad beats happen, and you're out of it. Well, the final three weeks... Of the contest the super contest you start from scratch and if you have the best record in the final three weeks you get another 15,000 in prize money not bad And one of the biggest developments this is really terrific that if you live here in Nevada you can submit your weekly selections via the Superbook app now when I was in the contest in 2014 I was 57% I finished like 211 that's how many good this how tough this contest is but it's really terrific. It's noteworthy. And I remember any time I went to the West Gate uh, Sportsbook, you know, the lines move fast, and people are very helpful and professional, and there's plenty of good proxy services. So you don't have to live in Nevada to be in part of this contest. There's proxy services. And again, the biggest uh, development, of course, is that you can enter through the app. Perhaps the biggest story in the NFL has already taken place, and that's the retirement of Randall excuse me, of uh, Andrew Luck. And I don't think he's coming back. We're going to talk about that and what the reaction was and what the correction has been in the last week. And don't forget, we've also got our best bets as well. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. I'm Ronnie Frater. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. This is the pregame show you always wanted. So don't go away. You're listening to Straight Out of Vegas. Straight
0: Out of
1: Vegas!
0: At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field.
1: Up to 30% off your stay with code CRSHOW. Show. That's good at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Go book your stay at graduatehotels.com.
4: We're back on straight out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Fratto, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. And before we go any further, I want to thank my guys back in Los Angeles, Ryan Bershinger, Chris Perfett, and Brian Finley. You do a great job getting the show glued together on the air if people only knew the yeoman's work you were doing back in Los Angeles. Thanks so much, guys. And, of course, our on-site jack-of-all-trades, former U.S. Marine, that would be Sleepy Jay. Sleepy Jay, a week ago tonight, the world was blowing up because Andrew Luck... And by the way, you aptly asked me, what the hell were you thinking, Randall? I I don't know. (laughs) Randall Cunningham popped into my mind. I'm pretty sure he retired, too, I think. Yeah. He was in all the papers. Uh, Andrew Luck announced his retirement, and I mean, we, we compared it to Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson, and immediately it had an incredible market effect, as it were. And by the way, we'll have best bets for you in a few minutes. We haven't forgotten. Super Bowl odds for the Colts went from 12 to 1 to 60 to 1. To win the AFC Conference, they went from 6-1 to 30-1. to 30 to, one to win the South Division, they were 7-5. They were a prohibitive favorite. Now they're f- probably 5-1, depending on where you shop. They had a season uh, win total of 9.5. To, it actually went all the way down to 6.5 in some books. And the week one game, Sleepy, versus the Chargers... Uh, went from the Colts getting plus three to seven, seven and a half. I saw even one book had nine and a half. Well, since then, I think people have regrouped. You've seen that win total, the season win total, uh, correct. I've seen sevens and seven and a halves out there. Mm-hmm. So it's gone up a full game. Uh, that, you know, week one game against the Chargers has found support. It got all the way down to seven. They're at six and and a half at some shops, right? right? And look, the Sharps have known for years that the Chargers have been solid as a dog, as a road dog, but not so much as a home favorite. Now they play in that little goofy soccer stadium. Who knows how much of a home Home field. field advantage that really is. And Sleepy, as we talked about off air, when you look at the Colts, by the way, Uh, Two years ago, Jacoby uh, Brissett started 15 games. Now, he was 4-11. I get it. That was under Chuck Cabogano. But their offensive line is better now. Their defense is better. And somehow, they led nine of those games at halftime. This is a much better football team under Frank Reich. And who better to be under Frank Reich, the master of the comeback, did it at Maryland, did it at quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. And two years ago, when some guy named Carson Wentz went down, on nothing, He took Nick Foles under his wing and they win the Super Bowl. But you brought up a couple of great metrics about two key aspects of this football team, the offensive line and the defense.
6: Well, one of the reasons, Andrew Luck, at least from, from what we hear Bernie is that, you know, he was just beat up and he was behind the 31st ranked offensive line, you know, for a number of years. And Brissett was the quarterback who had a play behind that line as well. But now, Indy's line is so much better. They're ranked like seventh in the league. So, you know, Brissett with all the experience he has, plus a much better offensive line and Bernie, you and I both agree that the Colts are a much better team on both sides of the ball. I think the sharp betters recognize maybe the Colts aren't going to be as bad. Let's not overreact. The line has come down, and I think it's in support of Brissett and all the things that are going well right now for the Colts.
4: And they don't exist in a vacuum. When you look at the rest of that division, Tennessee manages to win nine games every year, but they're they're unsettled at quarterback. Mariota will start this week against Cleveland. I think they're catching six. I've seen some five-and-a-halves, but it seems like you've got Ryan Tannehill breathing right down his neck. You could argue Jacksonville may have the best defense in the division, but they're a hot mess. They don't even have a general manager right now. Then uh, you've, you've got the Houston Texans, right? Deshaun Watson, probably the best quarterback in the division. I don't think anybody argues with that. The guy's been running for his life for three years. I don't know who you can count on, and I'm kind of falling out of favor with Bill O'Brien. So that division, you know, throw it in a blender, grind it up and see who comes out. Am I predicting the Colts are going to win the division? No. But would it surprise me if they did? Not that much. Not that much. Stay tuned. Obviously, football is here, and this is what we do. We react to what happens, and we speculate and we guess uh, although uh, we try to do our best by the way just some highlights from today if you were holding a ticket with the georgia state panthers for a hundred dollars you collected fourteen hundred and fifty dollars that is the biggest upset week one they stomped tennessee they beat them out right as a 24 point dog since 2004 sec teams who were laying 24 or more 129 and four straight up Oregon-Auburn, big flip at the end. That helped the books. A lot of folks had Oregon on the money line. That hurt me. I had Oregon plus three and a half. Don't ask me why, but I understand that the biggest handle of all the college games today was Akron, Illinois. I don't know why. Kent State had the nice cover. I understand Thursday a big syndicate money came in on the golden flashes against Arizona State. Got the line down to 24 and a half. They lost. By 23, someone placed a $20,000 bet on the Colorado Buffaloes minus 12.5. That uh, line climbed to 14. Colorado State traded punches for a while, but Colorado uh, hung that number and that person cashed. By the way, before we head into the NFL, the biggest liability for division winners, the Raiders at 18 to 1. Mm. And uh, someone put $25,000 on the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl, pay 6 to 1. It was at CG Technology. And that would pay $150,000. And don't ask me why. We talked about this with Arnie and Aaron about an hour and a half ago. The Superbook has taken three bets at 10,000 to one on the Rutgers to win the national championship. And if Rutgers wins the national championship, Sleepy, get your (laughs) fares in order. You want to respond
6: to any of that before you get to your best bets? No, if Rutgers wins the uh, national championship, I'm just going to take up a different profession.
4: <laughs> By the way, somebody put 10 grand on Alabama at five to two to win the national championship. And the next day someone came in and put 20 grand on Alabama to win the national championship. We'll see what happens. All right, best bet, Sleepy.
6: I'm going to take the hottest team in baseball, Washington Nationals. Bryce Harper leaves. You would never think the Nationals be here. Give me them tomorrow. Uh, they're going to have Patrick Corbin on the mound. I'm going to take them on the run line, Bernie. You only have to lay minus 125. So give me the Nationals tomorrow on the run line. They're going to play the Miami Marlins.
4: And where's that game being played? In Washington. Okay, so they're at home. You're laying one and a half runs against the Miami Marlins. And you look, that's not a bad price. No, I like that. 125, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, if the season ended today, I believe it would be the Cubs and the Nationals. Yep. All right, my best bet, I'm going to go to the NFL Thursday. I talked about this early. earlier. I like Aaron Rodgers and the Packers plus 3.5 at the Bears. I told you why I think the Bears are going to regress. Divisional dogs, 17-4 and four in week one. Grab the Packers. All right, up next, in for Jason Martin. That would be the man from Oklahoma, Chris Plank. Stay tuned.
1: Straight out of bacon!
6: This
5: is Uncanny USA.
6: He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed.
0: Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
4: A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh?